This free program is paid for by the listener members of KPFK. If you're not already a member, consider joining with us and keep free speech alive. You're going to love this. Just love it. I am stuck in the middle with you right here on KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, and of course, coast to coast and around the globe on KPFK.org. This is your Bradcast. I am Brad Friedman. Your friendly citizen, investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and, uh, as I like to say, all-around swell fellow, says me, right here uh, for another hour, another live hour from beautiful Los Angeles. i got to figure out where we are. Studio City, Burbank, I don't know where we are. Somewhere on the left coast, glad you could join us uh, for uh, our broadcast this afternoon. We will be... Joined in a little bit, live by Congressman Ted Deutsch of Florida. Uh, we'll have a, uh, actually, we're, we're getting sort of a twofer out of the congressman today from a uh, Democrat from Florida's 19th district, a twofer. One of them has to do with the exclusive story that we broke at the Brad blog earlier this week, along with my colleague Ernest Canning, uh, an exclusive that we're going to talk about today that you will hear apparently you will hear nowhere else because uh, we ran this thing on Monday. I think it's pretty explosive. It puts a lie to uh, everything that uh, the state of Florida, Governor Rick Scott, his Secretary of State, Ken Detzner, is out there doing. The uh, the deception that they are carrying out in public, that they're uh, using our public airwaves to, uh, to, to get across to the people on NPR. Uh, Rick Scott was on talking about this on CNN, on Fox News. Uh, and we have found through a special investigation at Brad Blog uh, this week that, in fact, Governor Rick Scott and Secretary of State Ken Detzner are deceiving or at least attempting to deceive the public, the media, and perhaps even the federal court system concerning their Florida voter purge and claims about uh, access to a, a Department of Homeland Security database that they say they are being denied. I will go into some of the details on that momentarily, but uh, we will be talking to the uh, to the governor, to the uh, congressman Ted Deutsch about that. In fact, we did invite the governor. I should add, we invited Governor Scott, we invited Secretary of State uh, Detzner to join us to respond to this article. We invited their spokesperson, anyone who wanted to come on and and respond to any of this. We have yet to hear back. Interestingly enough, when I first began to report on this story last week. Um, before we busted it wide open on Monday, uh, 
I was contacted by the communications director for uh, for Governor Scott. Brian Burgess is his name. He uh, he had a bone to pick with me. He thought I had part of the story wrong. I didn't. Uh, but he, he was quite responsive at that point as well. At the same time, Chris Kate, the communication director from the uh, Secretary of State's office in Florida, was also quite responsive to some requests that uh, <clears throat> Ernie Canning, my colleague at Bradblog, had about all of this. And then all of a sudden, they've all shut up. They don't want to talk anymore for some reason, so they did uh, not accept my invitation to be here to explain themselves today. I would love them to. I'd love them to do it in the future because my contention is they are lying. They are lying to the public. They are deceiving the public uh, in order to either purge voters off of the voting rolls or make it seem like there is massive voter fraud going on or make it seem... Like the Department of Justice and the Barack Obama administration are uh, purposely trying to uh, allow voter fraud to go forward and uh, in order to enhance their uh, reelection prospects this fall. So we're going to talk about that in a moment. We're also going to be talking uh, a little bit with the congressman about this uh, Supreme Court decision on Monday, which overturned a 100 year law. This is amazing to me. I mean, you talk about, uh, you hear these uh, right-wingers talking about states' rights this and states' rights that. They don't give a damn about states' rights. The only time they give a damn about states' rights is, uh, you know, when there's a particular uh, law that they're trying to push for, you know, that they want the federal government to not deal with. You know, in Arizona, for example, the immigration law, oh, that's all about states' rights. States ought to be able to uh, enforce immigration laws as they see fit. Well, the Supreme Court uh, doesn't necessarily agree. Uh, but when it comes to this 100-year-old Montana law that was put in place at the turn of the 20th century, because, <clears throat> excuse me, in Montana, uh, the mining companies there had essentially bought out the entire legislature in, in Montana about 100 years ago. I, I think exactly 100 years ago, if I'm not mistaken. In 1912, they passed this law to keep the uh, corporations out of the elections, to keep corporate money out of our politics, to keep corporate money from being able to buy a seat or more seats in the state legislature. And this law kept them in good standing for the last 100 years, and then came Citizens United. And Citizens United... Uh, at the federal level, uh, the Supreme Court said that, oh, no, corporations are people. They can spend as much money as they want on elections. Well, Montana held tight uh, to their 100-year-old uh, rule. They would not overturn their own 100-year-old rule. Uh, you know, they did not buy into this corporate personhood hooey. And they said, no, Supreme Court's not going to affect our state law because we have uh, the right to regulate our own state elections. Well, the Supreme Court thinks otherwise. The Supreme Court doesn't give a damn about states' rights, apparently, at least uh, when it comes to the Montana case. They overturned Montana's 100-year law on Monday, and they said that uh, corporations are more than welcome to give all the money they want to the legislature, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Well, doing something about it, or at least trying to, is Congressman uh, Ted Deutsch. Uh, he has an amendment called uh, a resolution that he's putting forward for a constitutional amendment called Outlawing Corporate Cash Undermining the Public Interest in Our Elections and Democracy, or 
Occupied for short, the Occupied Amendment. So we're going to talk to him about how the Montana ruling uh, in the Supreme Court affects his amendment, and I believe he has some new information for us uh, breaking today on his proposed resolution. Okay, back now to the Florida scam. You may have uh, seen Rick Scott and his PR blitz uh, across the airwaves, across uh, cable television, uh, making these uh, claims that apparently people in the media just don't have the wherewithal to bother to look into. That's why I say you're not going to hear this anywhere, apparently, but here. And I was on uh, Tom Hartman's TV show uh, yesterday, so at least we got the word out there. But uh, here is just an idea of what Governor Scott uh, has been saying to the media. Here he is on, uh, I think this is, um, what's the date here? It's not the 20th. I think this was uh, June 11th, if I'm not mistaken, June 11th on NPR with Michelle Martin. And what we tried to get was a a very good database that Homeland Security has called SAVE that we have a right to use for voter registration. For whatever reason, Homeland Security for uh, the last year has decided not to give it to us. So we were put in a position that we had to sue them uh, to get that database. Okay, he talks about, for whatever reason, Homeland Security, that was Governor Rick Scott, for the last year, has decided not to give us this database. What is this database he's looking for? It's uh, run by the Department of Homeland Security. It's an immigration and citizenship database called SAVE. For short, essentially, it is uh, believed to be the best record of uh, immigrants in these United States, immigrant status, citizenship status for immigrants. However, uh, while it speaks to uh, immigrants who have who have become citizens, uh, it speaks to uh, citizens who were born overseas to U.S. parents. It doesn't say anything about U.S. citizens who are actually born here in these United States. Citizens like Bill Internicola, the 91-year-old Brooklyn-born decorated World War II hero who received the Bronze Star at the Battle of the Bulge. It doesn't have him in that database. He would become one of hundreds of longtime registered Florida voters to receive notice that he had just 30 days to request an administrative hearing or he would face removal from the voter rolls in the state of Florida. Based on a list that Governor Rick Scott pulled together somehow of 182,000 suspected non-citizens who he says are registered to vote in the state of Florida. Now, they are suspected non-citizens. It's unclear where he came up with that 182,000 voters, but his previous Secretary of State, Kurt Browning, refused to use that list. He knew that it was riddled with errors. He knew that it included thousands, tens of thousands of perfectly legitimate voters, voters like Bill Internicola, the uh, 91-year-old World War II hero, uh, that weren't immigrants, that were perfectly registered, perfectly legal on the rolls, 182,000. So the previous Republican Secretary of State would not use that list. He asked them to call it down further. They brought it down to 25,000, and he still would not use that list, Kurt Browning. Because he knew that it would be riddled with errors and they would end up throwing out legitimate registered voters off the voting rolls in the state of Florida, where, as you'll recall, just 500 votes were said to have separated Al Gore from George W. Bush in 2000. 
Of course, we know those numbers are also hooey, by the way. They never did the actual recount down there of the uh, of the ballots. We know that Al, we now know that Al Gore received more votes than George Bush in the state of Florida. Nonetheless, it was very close. It came down to just hundreds of votes. And uh, Secretary of State Kurt Browning was not willing to throw people off of the rolls, legal voters off of the rolls uh, with this uh, with this list that he knew was flawed. Then we get to uh, February of this year, and uh, Kurt Browning resigns for some reason. We don't yet know exactly what the reason was, but he resigns. He's replaced by Governor Rick Scott's uh, own personal hand-picked Secretary of State appointed by the governor, Ken Detzner. And he can't wait to start knocking these people off the rolls. He can't wait to get rid of these uh, non-citizens, which they say 182,000 of them uh, are signed up to vote in the state of Florida. But you see, they want a federal database, the SAVE database, maintained by the Department of Homeland Security, in order to confirm at least some of these people. Because, as I said, it doesn't include actual people who were actually born here. But they think if they get access to this federal database... They'll be able to improve their flawed list, their faulty list. And now Governor Rick Scott is claiming that they'd love to use that federal database, but they are being stopped for, quote, whatever reason by the uh, by the Department of Homeland Security, by the Barack Obama administration, by the Department of Justice. Here was more again of Rick Scott on that same NPR interview. This is not a Republican or Democrat or independent issue. I've not met one person in our state that believes that non-U.S. citizens should be voting in our races. Now, we've tried to do it the right way by using this Homeland Security database. For whatever reason, uh, they've made the decision not to give it to us. For whatever reason, they've made the decision not to give to us. Of course, they know what the reason is. Governor Rick Scott knows what the reason is. Ken Detzner knows, the Secretary of State knows what the reason is. But they didn't tell NPR's Michelle Martin. And NPR's Michelle Martin, uh, to her shame, did not bother to ask. She let Governor Rick Scott get away with that. He knows the reason. He knows the reason because it is in emails that we were able to unearth, that we ran on the Brad blog this week, that we received via public records request showing that Florida, the state of Florida, knows exactly why DHS is not giving them that database. And it has nothing to do with uh, the reasons that Scott is giving. He only said, for whatever reason, to NPR. But he gave other reasons uh, to CNN. Here was uh, Rick Scott on uh, June 12th discussing this on uh, on CNN. The uh, Homeland Security has been stonewalling to give us a database we're entitled to. Uh, we've been asking for months. It'll give us, make sure we do it the right way. And uh, so we were put, we were put in a position where we had no choice uh, but to sue Homeland Security to get that database. Governor Rick Scott had no choice but to sue Homeland Security. He, they, they were stonewalling. They were stonewalling for months. They were stonewalling for the last year, as he told NPR. That was him uh, talking to CNN. Well, the fact of the matter is, as the Department of Justice, who has now filed suit against the state of Florida, trying to get them to stop this purge, which, by the way, is also unlawful because it is occurring 90 days before the uh, the next federal election, the federal primaries, uh, August 14th in the state of Florida. 
It is in violation of the National Vote, uh, Voter Registration Act, which says that in the 90 days prior to a federal election, you may not systematically purge your voter rolls anymore. The National Voting Registration Act also says that states must uh, periodically uh, do uh, perform list maintenance. They must, you know, purge uh, dead people off the rolls and felons and other people who, who aren't supposed to be on that particular state's voting rolls. But they are not to do it systematically within the 90 days before an election. And that's what Governor Rick Scott and Secretary of State uh, Ken Detzner are trying to do. And they're claiming that they have to do it in the 90 days before the federal election in the state of Florida in August because DHS has been stonewalling, quote, for whatever reason. And now they have no choice but to sue Homeland Security to get at that database. In fact, they have now sued Homeland Security for that database. But there's a reason that Homeland Security has not been giving them that database, and that reason has been told to them, told to the state of Florida, again and again and again over the past year. And that's what we have uh, in the emails at the Brad blog, bradblog.com, if you want to see the emails yourself. Eight months ago, in an October 24, 2011 email to the Department of Justice, the, Depart- the Florida Department of State Assistant General Counsel, Maria Matthews, confirmed that the state of Florida was, quote, told that any programmatic match with the alien, with the, uh, with the save database must include an alien registration or a resident number. In other words, you can't just put uh, Joe Smith into the save database and find out if he's uh, a citizen or if he's here illegally. You can't just put in, and if he's signed up, as a matter of fact, if he's here illegally, he won't even show up in the save database. They only have documented immigrants in there. So in any case, you can't just put Joe Smith into the save database. You have to put a unique identifier. They need an alien registration number or a naturalization certificate number. They need a unique numerical identification to put into the save database to find out if this person is a reg- is 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 a, a legal citizen of the United States and therefore is legally registered to vote the department of homeland security told the state of florida the same thing month after month after month after month and as i said back in october of 2011 the florida department of state General uh, Assistant General Counsel Maria Matthews confirmed that she knew this. She was, quote, told that any programmatic match requires the alien registration or resident number. She goes on to concede in the very same email in a statement directly contradicting all of these public statements now being made by Governor Scott, by Secretary of State Detzner and their surrogates. She says, quote, this is a significant obstacle as the state of Florida does, Florida does not collect and is not authorized to ask an applicant for proof of his or her legal status in the U.S. So Councilor Matthews knew back in October that the state of Florida did not have the information that they would need to access the database, to access this federal database, to access this federal database that Governor Scott is now going on the air and claiming is being withheld from him from, for some uh, d- dark, nefarious secret because Barack Obama is trying to steal the November election. And in fact, uh, another congressman actually said that in a letter. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll read some of that uh, in a bit after we're joined by the uh, Congressman Deutsch. 
But again, he's going on CNN and blatantly lying to the public. We want to work with Homeland Security to get it. Um, so we've done all the right things. So we are put in a position. We don't have a choice but to sue them to get the database that we're entitled to. Again, that is a lie. They have not done all the right things. Governor Scott knows exactly why uh, the state has not been granted access to this database. It has nothing to do with stealing the election for Barack Obama. And the most insidious thing here, as far as I'm concerned, is the fact that Governor Scott and Secretary of State Detzner both know exactly why they're not receiving this database, and yet they are misleading the public, they're deceiving the public, and now that they filed a, uh, a court case against uh, <clears throat> DHS uh, in order to get access to that database, in the court case, they do not even mention this e- these emails from the state of Florida, from Maria Matthews, confirming that she knows exactly why Florida cannot have access uh, to the save database. They include those emails in the court case, but in the body of the uh, case, they don't even mention them. That's dishonest. It's deceitful. And yet they seem to be getting away with it. I'm going to try to help them not get away with that. Also trying to help them not get away with that is Congressman Ted Deutsch, Democrat from uh, Florida's 19th District. He joins us now. Do I have him here? Uh, there we go. Uh, you, oh, do I have him? Brad? Yes. Well, welcome, Congressman, to KPFK's The Bradcast. Uh, thanks. Great to be with you. And you are right. We are trying awfully hard to make sure he doesn't get away with it. Well, have you seen anybody? I And, and I know that you uh, brought this up in a hearing with uh, uh, Attorney General Eric Holder a few days ago. But have you seen anybody from the state of Florida or even Attorney General Eric Holder, for that matter, uh, talk about these specific emails uh, you know, which show that Florida knows exactly why they cannot have access uh, to this saved database. We've um, we've not. No, we've not heard people talking about them. I appreciate you bringing it up. We also we there's also a lot of other information that we that we're not hearing people talk about. When we know that there are 182,000 names on this list, and the attention has shifted to the first batch, the first the the first uh, uh, 2,000. Right. These are the ones that were. These are the ones that. That we were assured were the most white. These were the easy ones. These are the ones where there would be no mistakes. Right. And as you point out, they they knew that there were problems with the way they were approaching this. They knew that there were problems with the sit with the the Homeland Security uh, program that it was never designed to do what the governor wants it for. And beyond that, not only wasn't it designed for it because, as you point out, they don't have the information that's necessary to make that program work. Uh, it would never work. It would be only more confusing and, and would lead to even uh, more disasters of results like the ones we've already seen where two 91-year-old World War II vets, small business owners, uh, uh, recently naturalized citizens, I mean, all kinds of people from around the state who are U.S. citizens who are being purged from the rolls. That's what this is about, and that's why So we're fighting it so hard. And that's why I, I so appreciate 
you are raising is issues that, that need to be addressed. In in a best-case scenario where uh, Florida, for some reason, was granted full access to this uh, save database, if, if for some reason uh, a fellow by the name of uh, Theodore E. Deutsch, that would be you, uh, happened to show up on this list of 182,000 uh, suspected non-citizens, if Florida had uh, full access to that database, they put ran those names through there, they ran your name, Theodore E. Deutsch, through that uh, database, they would come back, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it would come back, it wouldn't say anything uh, positive or negative. They wouldn't say, you, yes, you are a citizen. They would not, in other words, be able to find out if you were a citizen or not from accessing that database. Of course not. This, Unlike, unlike our governor, I actually sat, Brad, and I talked to the, the people at Homeland Security who administer this program. Mm-hmm. To find out to find out how it's supposed to be used, and it's a program that's used uh, to ensure that that uh, that government benefits uh, only go to don't don't go to to people who are uh, who are not U.S. citizens, uh, and and it it works based on the information provided to them. In my case, if my name showed up on a list that the governor came up with that had nothing to do with immigration, uh, and they put it through this program. You wouldn't come up with anything about me because I've never been part of the immigration system. And yet you would then stay on this list that uh, they would send out to the uh, supervisors of election. You would get a notice saying, uh, hey, unless you can prove within 30 days, by the way, if you happen to be home over the summer and get this uh, this notice, uh, unless you can prove within 30 days that you're a, a, a citizen, you will then be removed from the rolls thereafter. Yeah, and and uh, you're right to point out it's it's a thirty day uh, a thirty day notice. Uh, it's not just whether you're away for the summer. Uh, we have there's a gentleman in the Tampa Bay area who received this notice as he put it uh, again a World War II veteran received this notice uh, as, as he explained right about the time that his wife passed away. Right. Uh, he didn't have time to be bothered with it. Right. And uh, and that was that. And as a result, if this had gone forward, he wouldn't be allowed to vote. So that's that's the situation we find ourselves in. We have this history in, uh, of voter suppression in this country, and 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 it was at one point it was violent, and and uh, and what's so as you rightly point out, what's so insidious about what the the governor of Florida is trying to do here uh, is that there's all this this confusion that he's trying to sow, this mm-hmm. subterfuge. He's trying to suggest that there's this this huge army of, of, of people who are here illegally who yes. want to march into the voting booth. It's just outrageous, and he's doing it to accomplish something that is illegal and that he'd never be able to do in the light of day if people actually analyze this uh, soundly and, and sanely the way that you are. And and you brought up, and and, and you are as well, uh, Congressman, I'm speaking with uh, Congressman Ted Deutsch, a uh, Democrat from Florida. You brought this up uh, in this hearing a couple of days ago with uh, Attorney General Eric Holder, uh, yeah. where they were talking about, uh, speaking of phony scandals, the Fast and Furious uh, scandal. Uh, you, you noted the allegations by your Congress uh, your colleague, Congressman Tom Rooney, Republican from Florida's 16th district. I just want to read.
read two sentences from this uh, and get your comments on this. This was a letter that he sent to Eric Holder uh, accusing him of withholding this database for nefarious reasons that he, he describes here. Quote, your actions further demonstrate that the Department of Justice under your leadership is more concerned with protecting the reelection prospects of the president than withhold than with upholding justice and the rule of law. Uh, he, he, he talked about the DOJ's threat at the time to sue, which they have now done, uh, in order to block the state from, quote, exposing as many as 182,000 registered voters as non-citizens. He goes on to say, while you're, let me just finish this last sentence because it's amazing. While your department should be working with Florida to stop voter fraud, you are instead actively working to keep non-citizens who have committed a felony on our state's voter rolls. It is time for you to end your blatant politicization of your position as Attorney General and the Department of Justice as a whole. Congressman, yeah, who is, pretty, who's blatantly... That is pretty astonishing. Yeah. Here's what he's saying. Yeah. Here's what my colleague's saying. Number one... There are 182,000 people in Florida who are registered to vote, who are uh, who are non-citizens, uh, and who are violent criminals. Right. <laughs> That's the assertion. Here's what we know from the initial batch that the supervisors of elections sent out. We know, and in Miami-Dade County, where they have the largest number, we know that that. Uh, over 20% at least were sent to registered voters who are U.S. citizens, mm-hmm. including uh, people in all, of all ages and uh, all demographic groups. And, and so if you, if you just use those numbers and you apply it to the full 182,000, Brad, you're talking about 30 to 40,000 U.S. citizens who will be stripped of their right to vote by this process that is uh, is meant to do nothing uh, except uh, the opposite of what my colleague suggests, nothing except make it easier for uh, for governor uh, for, for our governor to accomplish his goal here of suppressing the, the vote. You're listening to the Bradcast on KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman on KPFK 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, speaking with Congressman Ted Deutsch about uh, Governor, uh, what I'm calling Governor Rick Scott's uh, voter purge deception. Congressman, you mentioned 20 percent we know of at least who are actually citizens. Obviously, that number is much higher. That's incredibly uh, conservative uh, number. Right. But Scott and, and uh, Detzner have now claimed that they have found some uh, one. 100 non-citizen voters on the rolls. That's out of the initial 182,000 suspected non-voters out of Florida's 11.2 million registered voters. That said, has anyone actually seen documentation for these supposed 100 non-citizen voters? And, uh, and, and if so, how many of them have voted? And have we seen any documentation for that? Because pardon me, Congressman, but I no longer trust uh, Ken Detzner or Governor Rick Scott as far as I can throw them. Yeah, we have not seen that, yes. Here's, just a, here are a couple things that they keep forgetting to mention. Number one... We don't have a history in Florida uh, uh, of voter fraud. We have a history, a sorry history in Florida, of making sure that our votes don't count. Right. That's what that's what we battle in the last in in the last election. There were 16 cases of voter fraud, and by the way, 
we ought to prosecute those cases, and we ought to prosecute them fully. Sure. 16 out of 8 million votes cast. So, this, again, this idea that we need to, to call up on this 100, and we need to look at them, and we need to see how many of these people they ever voted. But this idea that, that particularly in the case of, uh, of people who, who, who are undocumented immigrants, who are afraid to go to, to show up at a church to get food for their family because they might be deported, the idea that, that they're all seeking to, to go show up at the polls is just, it's beyond comprehension. And and anyone who looks at it logically knows that that's the case. And, uh, Congressman, I know I want to talk uh, to you about your Occupied Act. We, we've spoken about it before, and I want to get an update yeah. on that in light of Montana. But I do have a couple of more quick questions, if you don't mind, on this issue, because I, I just, you know, I, I don't feel that it's being adequately covered, frankly, out there in the media. And I'm not sure that Democrats are even taking this seriously enough in Florida and elsewhere. Uh, you know, the DOJ, for example, could be doing much more uh, and they could be uh, using Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act, uh, not just in the five counties that are covered by Section 5 in, in uh, Florida and in the other 16 states that are covered by the Voting Rights Act, Section 5, but they could be using Section 2 all over the country. Uh, are, are, as far as you're concerned, is the DOJ being aggressive enough? And are Democrats, your colleagues, actually making enough noise about what is really going on here? Or is this going to be a case where they wait until after November to say, uh, yeah, maybe we should have done more? Um. Well, uh, listen, I'm doing everything I can to make sure that we don't find ourselves in that situation. Uh, no, I mean, people, I, I think the Democrats in our state get it because we've been through this time and time again. We're making as much noise as we can. The purpose of my pressing the attorney general was so that he understands how serious this is. Um, that was, uh, we had that hearing the end of the week and the following Tuesday, the DOJ was in court. So we continue to press to make sure that, that they do everything they can. Fortunately, because DOJ got involved, the supervisors of elections have, have stopped the purge for the moment. It's up to us just to continue to keep the pressure on both at the state level uh, and here in Washington to make sure everyone's doing what they can uh, to stop this and to make sure that the governor doesn't get his, his way in this uh, in this illegal purge. I, I uh, recently interviewed uh, Congressman um, Leon County Supervisor of Elections, Ion Sancho, who I describe as the Thank legendary uh, Ion yeah, Sancho, yeah. Uh, so trusted by both parties. He was put in charge of the uh, eventually aborted 2000 uh, presidential recount. He called what's going on in Florida now, quote, shameful and, quote, un-American. And he noted that uh, I know you had mentioned that the 67 counties had stopped, uh, the uh, supervisors of elections had said they would stop using these lists, they would stop this purge. However, uh, Ion Sancho told me that all but three of Florida's supervisors of elections uh, have halted the purge, that uh, the uh, supervisors in Lee and Collier and Bay yeah. are going to continue this uh, purge. Can you confirm that? Yeah, Lee, Lee and Collier, they didn't have, there weren't nearly as many, but they said they were continuing, and we're trying to confirm what that means. We're trying to confirm whether they've sent the notices out or whether they actually intend to take people off of the list. Um, that's we're, we're following up on that as well, because as long as there is this major dispute, regardless of, of uh, how partisan a, a, a supervisor of elections might be, uh, as long as there's this dispute, they ought to be following the advice of their lawyers, and they ought to stop this un until uh, until we have an opportunity to finally confirm 
what we all know, which is that this is illegal and it's never going to continue. Yeah, particularly uh, even if there's there are small counties, uh, you know, given how close we all recall 2000 election to be, exactly right. uh, you knock a few uh, hundred uh, people off the list, it could make all the difference. All right, uh, let me uh, switch gears here in the minutes we have left uh, over to uh, your Occupied Amendment, which stands for Outlawing yeah. Corporate Cash, Undermining the Public Interest in Our Elections and Democracy Amendment, the Occupied Amendment. Uh, I think you've got uh, some... Uh, some new news on that today, and as well, I'm curious uh, what you think of the Supreme Court decision concerning uh, Montana. I talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the show, and the fact that uh, you know so much for states' rights from these uh, so-called conservatives on the Supreme Court knocking down a 100-year law keeping out corporate cash out of uh, out of elections in Montana. Uh, so, what, what's your news first on the Occupied Amendment, and how does that uh, Supreme Court decision affect your resolution? Sure. sure. Well, first. First of all, the, um, I appreciate it. The, uh, the news about the Occupied Amendment, which um, people can learn more at theoccupiedamendment.org. Um, That's is, the Occupied uh, Amendment? Uh, theoccupiedamendment.org. That's Excellent. correct. Okay. A- and and um, after the, the case in Montana where, as you point out, the Supreme Court simply uh, threw out a hundred years uh, of, a, of history in Montana with a, a system that was put in place to combat a, a horrific campaign finance situation that they had there, a couple of copper barons that control the outcome of elections. They, they outlawed corporate cash. Now the Supreme Court says, nope, you can't do that. Uh, the outrage is building, and, uh, and the Occupy Amendment now has, uh, we just secured our 50th co-sponsor, uh, which uh, is really just a, a reaction to what we're seeing from this court. Uh, this, this court continues to behave in a way that, that uh, puts the interests and, and the, the power of of campaigns uh, into uh, a very narrow group of hands, mm-hmm. corporations and the super rich. That's that's what the court has done, and our amendment is really clear. It clarifies that, number one, corporations are people. They don't have the rights. They don't have the same constitutional rights we do, only rights they have were granted them by the people, and that we have, and that we have the, the ability to regulate them. And finally, most importantly, in light of all this, uh, for-profit corporations cannot use their money to influence the outcome of elections. It is, Brad, it's not easy to amend the Constitution, but people are so outraged by what they've seen uh, coming out of the Supreme Court. The only way to do it, the only way to address it, uh, is to go forward this way. And so that's why we have 50 co-sponsors. That's why there are hundreds of resolutions that have passed around the country. Uh, it's a, it's the uh, not just the beginning of a movement, but we're seeing an explosion at the grassroots level. And uh, and it's what we need to do to be able to, to uh, deliver the democracy in our country back to the people. So you get 50 co-sponsors on that amendment. Are any of them uh, Republican by any chance, Congressman? No. You know what's so interesting? Not yet. Not not yet. We. Um, uh, I, I'll be honest with you, though, Brad. I've spoken to some of my my Republican friends who who tell me they they'd like to go on. People who are retiring because they don't want to. They don't. They don't want to engage in a primary. With all this outside money coming in, they've just not been able to to uh, mm-hmm. cross the threshold and sign up. But I know we're going to get some because uh, what's happening in in our campaigns is is not just outrageous to Democrats, but anybody who looks at it, no matter where you are on the on the political spectrum, is going to agree that that these decisions just shift all of the power to a very narrow segment of our society, and it's not what 
it's not what's meant. It's not, it's not the nature of our democracy. It's not what the framers of our Constitution ever intended. And the way to uh, to get this amendment eventually passed, one way, the way that, that you're pursuing here, uh, if you were lucky, if somehow the Republicans would allow this bill to come up for a vote in the U.S. House and a similar bill, for example, Bernie Sanders, I believe, has a, a similar amendment in the Senate. It's, uh, it's, a, it's identical, actually. He filed okay. our, our bill in the Senate, so we're, okay. we're companions. So they declare, you guys declare in each house, somehow this passes, that corporations are not people, they can't put uh, money into elections and so forth. Uh, that's passed in Congress, and then it goes to all 50 states for approval uh, at the ballot box. Is that how that works? Uh, it'll then go to the, the states. Uh, the states, Three-quarters of the states will have to ratify it. Uh, but here, here's what we know. I use the Equal Rights Amendment as, I think, the best example. Mm-hmm. The ERA never, was never ratified, never became part of the Constitution. But for all the years that it's been out there, the discussion has led to an awful lot of really important uh, legislation that's, um, that's done incredible things to, to help provide equal, equal rights for women. In this case, there are so many things that we can do now in the area of disclosure, in the area, in the area of uh, tax treatment of, of these super PACs, all these things that, that can come once we've had these conversations, once we get this conversation started about how outrageous Citizens United is. That's why this is also important now. How can uh, how can folks help uh, other than going to theoccupiedamendment.org, or maybe that's all they can do at this time? Uh, if they go to the they can go to the website, sign the petition. Mm-hmm. That's a huge help. Um, there are groups at the local level. They can go out and they can organize. Uh, they can they can go to their local city council, their local county commission. Uh, they can encourage them to participate, uh, pass resolutions telling Congress to, to do a constitutional amendment. Uh, those are all the things they can do. Congressman, I appreciate your time. You're 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 tough. You're feisty. You don't put up with any uh, uh, crap. Is that, by the way, is, uh, you have uh, Wexler's old seat. Is that what it is? I do. That's exactly right. Okay, it must be something in the water down there. <laughs> I, I'm thinking that all must right. be it. Uh, thank you, Congressman. Thanks, uh, keep up the fight, and let me know uh, how we can uh, continue to help uh, help you with both of these fights, both this and the voter purge. Uh, thanks. Look forward to working together. Thanks, Brad. Thank you, sir. What is Evidence is clear. I'm not alone. There are thousands of us here. This is my democracy. You won't go telling me my vote don't matter anymore. No, you won't. You can try, but it won't work. That was Congressman Ted Deutsch of Florida's 19th District. Check him out at theoccupiedamendment.org, uh, also at teddeutsch.house.gov. We're going to continue the fight both for the Occupied Amendment uh, and to get the word out on Florida Governor Rick Scott and Secretary of uh, State Ken Detzner lying to the American public about their interest in purging legal citizen voters for, from our voting rolls. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with Desi Doyen and some green news and maybe even a call from you. 877, no wait, 818-985-5735, 818-985-5735. If you'd like to get in a thought, if we have some time, we'd love to hear from you. I'm Brad Friedman. This is the Bradcast on KPFK.
stay up late Monday through Thursday nights from midnight to 6 a.m. to celebrate 35 years of Dynamite Radio for Night People on Something's Happening with Roy of Hollywood. Get the latest on political, health, and spiritual news, as well as interviews and commentary from the likes of Noam Chomsky, Dave Emery, Gary Nall, and Alan Watts. Something's Happening with Roy of Hollywood, only on KPFK 90.7 FM Pacifica Radio, Los Angeles. On the next edition of Uprising, we'll cover the latest news globally, nationally, and locally with sharp analysis and insight you won't get from the mainstream media. Join me, Sonali Kohatkar, on Uprising weekdays at 8 a.m. right here on KPFK. Stopping the world and melting for Desi Doyen, who joins Aww. us, my uh, co-host on the Green News Report, the producer of this, your broadcast here on KPFK. Hey, Des. Hey. How's it going? Oh, it's going good. Are you uh, are you going again, uh, moonlighting uh, with us? You're going to the Young Turks tomorrow? Yes, I am sneaking be... out to co-host the Young Turks online news uh, webcast tomorrow from 12 to 2. You are? Well, yes, you... at theyoungturks.com, if yeah, you're you, you and Jank Uger? No, actually, uh, me and Anna Kasparian, his right. regular co-host. Host and oh. I'm filling in for Jack. What are you going to talk about? Um, stuff. Lots oh. of stuff. Oh, stuff. You can look forward to that uh, over at the. <laughs> well, the you know, Church there'll tomorrow. probably be the Supreme Court health care ruling is uh, supposed to come down tomorrow. Apparently, you think that'll be big news? It might be. <laughs> I have a feeling some people might want to. Will talk they be talking about that? About that? They might All want right. to. You right. never know. Well, before we get to the Green News report, I don't do predictions. But uh, maybe you do. Do you have a, a prediction what the uh, Supreme Court is going to do on that? Uh, oh, hell no. You got <laughs> No idea. I mean, no. it'll be one of three things. They'll either say it's great, they'll yeah. say it's terrible, or they'll say uh, some sort of mixed decision. And then the we'll have to talk about what goes on after that, what happens next. You should have taken uh, my advice and not done predictions. There you go. Because I just won't do predictions. Cause that wasn't y- a prediction. Those well, are three things. Those are only three ways it could go. That's true. Actually, there's four. The fourth the one, fourth? I think, is that they mm-hmm. can. Oh, they wait. can say that uh, we don't have enough information to decide. They and can actually. Decide for a well, moment? they can actually do uh, something uh, akin to what they did with the uh, immigration ruling on Monday in Arizona. They they struck down three of the four provisions. They kept the most controversial one, the the papers please part of it. Uh, they kept it. For now, they said, let's see how it works in practice. And if somebody wants to bring a lawsuit uh, down the road, we're, we're happy to go and, and rehear it. Okay, so there you go. So that could happen as well, but it probably won't. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, and I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll throw it open to the to the phones here uh, if if we have time. Eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five. See if anybody else has a prediction or a thought on the. Because uh, Margot's in there looking at me like, oh yeah, I'd like to answer some phones. No? Do Margo a favor. Eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five. Okay, let's do some uh, some green news report here, and then I've got a few more questions for you on sea level rising. Woohoo! So stay tuned for that. Uh, the latest green news report. That extra thousand acres of burnt last night. 
normally rarely see fires grow that much in a night, even even large fires. Summer of fire in the U.S. Summer events drenched, disrupted, cancelled as yet another swirl of bad weather swept in from the Atlantic. Summer of floods in Britain. Over a 30-year period. 50% of well casings failed. Exposing the dangers of natural gas fracking again. Plus, this was the moment when the rise of the oceans began to slow and our planet began to heal. Yeah, not so much. The good news and the bad news on rising sea levels. All of that good news and bad news straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comments. Gray, wet, windy, miserable. Oh, cheer up, British people. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, we have spent years on this show reminding people that no single weather event is illustrative of climate change in and of itself. But now, how about one weather event after another weather event after another weather event, which is what we are seeing now across the globe? Right. The trend towards more frequent and intense extreme weather events is exactly what climate scientists have been predicting. And now we're seeing the evidence of it over the last couple of years. Right now, it's the second summer of fire in the U.S. in a row. Our focus is make sure everyone stays safe. Make sure people are evacuated, that we protect our firefighters. That was Colorado Governor John Hickenlooper cautioning residents to remain vigilant for the latest evacuation warnings throughout the state. Record hot temperatures are fueling eight wildfires in Colorado. Denver alone reached a record high of 105 degrees on Monday, unheard of in the month of June. It's stoking the High Park Fire near Fort Collins, Colorado, now the most destructive in state history in what is shaping up to be the worst fire season in Colorado history. Several new fires have popped up around the state, impacting the Colorado tourism industry. Half of all of the nation's firefighting equipment is now in Colorado. And we've seen these states in the West begging for more help from the federal government. This comes at a time just a few weeks ago when Mitt Romney was actually calling for fewer firefighters. How is that going to play in the swing states like uh, Colorado and New Mexico, which seem to be most affected by these fires? It's a good question. Eight states are now battling major wildfires right now. Alaska, Arizona, California, Colorado, Nevada, New Mexico, Utah, and Wyoming. And the long-term trend is even more disturbing. According to the Interior Department, the western fire season is now, on average, 78 days longer than it was in the mid-1980s. And that observed trend towards more extreme weather events is one of the hallmarks, as we said, of climate change that has been predicted by scientists for decades. Now, in Britain, already soggy from persistent record rains all spring long, well, just this past weekend, northern Britain received a month's worth of rain in just one day. Flash flooding is now a real threat in large areas of England and Wales. On the BBC, the UK's Environment Minister, Peter Fox, urged caution. People need to take care. Flood water is dangerous stuff. They need to keep out of it. They need to remain vigilant. Oh, it's going to be a hell of a Summer Olympics this year, isn't it? It's looking like a pretty soggy one. In fact, the Olympic torch was actually blown out along one of the routes in the middle of a rainstorm. Oh, man. Good news and bad news in predictions of sea level rise due to global warming. Two major new studies, the first from the U.S. National Research Council. Their good news is that by the end of the century, Oregon and Washington will likely see sea levels rise only about two feet. That's the good news. The bad news, California will likely see three to four feet, potentially as much as five feet by 2100 due to geological differences. 
In the second study from the journal Nature Climate Change, the bad news is sea levels along the East Coast are rising faster than the rest of the planet. Not only faster, but the pace is accelerating, according to the U.S. Geological Survey. This at a time when Republican legislatures in Virginia and North Carolina are actually attempting to outlaw predictions of sea level rise in their coastal planning development. You, you can no longer say sea level rising. Now you have to just refer to it as recurrent flooding, according to the Virginia legislature. But there is some good news. The evidence suggests that the risk of sea level rise can be lowered by half if society acts in time to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Finally, bad news for the fracking industry. Josh Fox, the documentary filmmaker of Gasland, has just released a short video follow-up on the web that details even more problems with the controversial natural gas drilling technique of hydraulic fracturing. Their own documents show that well casings failed in 6% of wells drilled immediately upon drilling and that those well casings deteriorated over time. That over a 30-year period, 50% of well casings failed. These well casings and these gas wells pose an immediate and constant risk to groundwater. The Sky is Pink has been released on the web. We've got the links at our website, greennews.bradblog.com. We should say that's Academy Award-nominated documentarian Josh Fox. Check it out, along with all of the other stories and those we couldn't get to today, at our website, greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget, you can download us anytime on iTunes. Listen to us on your mobile device via the Stitcher Radio app. And follow us 24-7 on the Twitters at Green News Report. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Uh-huh. The Ryzen. Yeah, yeah, the rising well of done. the sea level. Right. Now, there was two reports, uh, Des, that you mentioned uh, in, in that Green News report. Uh, the one on the East Coast has been getting a lot of attention naturally because that's where all the reporters live. <laughs> and they're well, scared that New York is going to be flooded. But out in California, the, the, the numbers are even worse. Right. There, there are two different studies. Talk. There yeah. was uh, one from the U.S. Geological Survey published in the Nature Climate Change Journal. And that's the one that deals with the East Coast, specifically North Carolina to Massachusetts is what they call a hot spot because of ocean currents. And, you know, when uh, the ocean gets warmer, it's also going to expand. Remember, mm-hmm. warm things expand. Yeah. So that's what's going to cause the uh, flooding that they already have a little bit more of now. Uh, from North Carolina to Boston, but it's going to make it that much faster. The uh, pace is accelerating, and it's going up higher than any other place on the earth. No. On earth. But the western one, that's a different study. That was uh, That's the one that says that California could see up to five feet of sea level rise by 2100, and that's, that's pretty extensive. They say part of that has to deal with plate tectonics, you know, earthquakes. When we get earthquakes, the land either rises or it falls, so you could have some very fast sea level rise if you get a particular earthquake in a particular place and along the California coastline, they would actually drop it. We're out here in Los Angeles, uh, and, and people here, oh, five feet, oh, five feet. So we just go back five feet uh, farther from the oh, beach. Oh, heck no. That's no, not going to work at An- all. What, what does no. it mean, five feet of sea level rise, for example, here in Los Angeles? Well, let's say with one foot of sea level rise, San Francisco Airport will be flooded. Really? Yes. 
So that's so, one way of looking at it. Right. You know, and so when you have these areas that are somewhat flat, like I think I think one of the uh, areas that they mentioned was uh, Santa Monica, mm-hmm. that, that's relatively flat. So a rise of just four or five inches can actually have a long-term impact over time when you have higher tides or when you have a tsunami or when you have, uh, say, a hurricane. Well, that's or a rise of, of inches surge. you're talking about. So when well, we're, say, five get, feet. When you raise the wind, yes. Yeah, so, so like, say, within 20 years, yeah. the study says that it'll go up to a foot for California within 20 years. That's a lot. And that's the base from which then other ocean events occur that make those even higher, like, say, storm surge, for example. You know, I was never crazy about the Third Street Promenade anyway. <laughs> let me get that's on a good hill, though. That probably wouldn't get inundated. Let, let me see if I can uh, get in a call or two. Can you stick around for okay. a call? All right, let me see. Uh, Rick in Inglewood. Hey, Rick, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Brad, how you doing? I'm okay. What's on your mind, brother? I only have another minute or two here. Uh, you know, I was just commenting on, on some of the things that I was hearing on your, your segment there about the corruption and the vote uh, situation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that voting is a franchise. And, you know, in order to get uh, the franchise to vote, you have to pledge all your assets to the state. You You have to pledge all your assets to the state? That's what you're doing when you register. You're turning over uh-huh. to the state your assets. Right. Oh, oh well, so your assets. You mean you're turning over your name and your and your address and so forth. No, you're okay. turning over your assets. assets. Your, yeah, you mean like your house. That you, anything that you own. That's that's the that's the way it it, it really works in law. Okay. I I think uh, Rick. Rick, thanks for the call. I, I think you may have a uh, different idea of uh, the reg- uh, the franchise to vote than I do, and perhaps the rest of the world does. Uh, we got we, Do we have time? We might be able to get one more call in. But before we do, Des, uh, a, a record. Where's today's record heat? Oh, right. That's what you wanted to mention. Right. Today's record high is this, in Kansas, Hill City, Kansas, 114 degrees. 114 part, degrees. Yeah, that's part of the heat wave, the record heat wave that's across the Midwest. That's making these Colorado wildfires actual record wildfires. So that's not in Phoenix. No. That's not in Vegas. No. That's 114. 14 degrees in Kansas. Yep. Lovely. We are not in Kansas anymore. Hey, Rudy from Los Angeles, welcome to the broadcast. What's uh, what's on your mind, my friend? Hey, Brad, I just wanted to talk about the fact that um, what the government knows is coming is a coronal mass ejection. It's going to be a huge solar flare, uh, or a sequence of them. And if you look up um, 2012 remote viewing predictions, uh, remote viewing was a Top secret, um, psychic espionage. Ah, remote viewing. An Art Bell, an Art Bell fan there. All right. Oh, I only have a minute here. Uh, Des, you got a, a thought on what? The all right. And all right. Tell you right there. Thanks, Rudy. I appreciate it. Any thoughts on that uh, remote viewing prediction of what the government is not telling us? Well, I don't know specifically about the remote viewing projection, but I do know that NASA and NOAA and all of the def- and the Defense Department as well have warned that we, you know, are due for a super solar storm. There was one that happened in the 1800s that, you know, it could fry all of our electrical equipment. But there's, they say they're taking measures to prevent that. You know what remote viewing? is i have heard of it it's kind of like psychics okay yeah except uh well art bell will tell you that it's a it's a science and uh so Journal mass ejections yeah. are real yeah. super solar storms are real yeah and they will be a problem and can we predict we them no okay well that's because you're not a remote viewer Desi all Doyen. we can do is protect our electronics uh-huh. that's about all it all right well done, Desi Doyen. That's our producer, uh, Desi Doyen. Thank you very much. Also, my thanks today to uh, a super-duper associate producer, Margot Paez, also screening our calls. Well done, Margot. 
Uh, my thanks to Federico Garcia. Please do stay tuned for the uh, 4 o'clock report with John Wiener. Highlights of some of his uh, recent shows, including uh, an interview with Terry Gross of NPR. I'd say we'd be back same time, same Brad time, same Brad channel next week, but it's 4th of July. So we are going to be off next Wednesday. We'll be back the Wednesday after that. We hope you have a great holiday. Holiday. Until we uh, meet again, you can find me on the Twitters at the Brad Blog, and of course at bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. Good night, America.